With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Here we go. We're off and running, and we got a ton of news to talk about. And I think Caleb Calhoun is somewhere in the Arctic. Maybe we'll explain that. Maybe we won't, but we've got a lot to get to, including one of, in my opinion, Tennessee's two most talented balls was uh, caught in a little bit of trouble by the police. So we'll discuss that. And he may be number one on my list. We'll kick that around as well. Listen to the cops, kids. Just do what they say, and it's going to work out uh, more oftentimes than not if you don't. Three balls make the all-SEC team. One's a little bit surprising, but we'll discuss that. Also, Tennessee's offensive line, Addison Nichols in the transfer transfer portal. John Campbell coming back. That's big for Tennessee. So I'm going to give you a look at Tennessee's offensive line as it looks right now. And it looks like it could be pretty good, but it looks like it needs to get deeper. So Tennessee, I'm sure we'll try to address that in the transfer portal. Lady Vols go one and three against top 25 teams. Heisman finalist revealed. I'll try to give you a hint as to who I voted for. They tell me not to tell anybody, but what are they going to do? Take my vote away? 
Um, and a little bit later, what would a 12-team playoff look like? Is it better or just stupid? I can go ahead and tell you that Caleb and I are going to disagree on that one, but we'll get your thoughts as well. And our five favorite minutes, that's where you get to take over the program at the very end, and uh, we'll answer your questions. We had a lot of fun with that on the first day yesterday, so we've got a lot going on. Our five favorite minutes uh, will be at the end of the program, and we'll answer absolutely anything you want. We try to do that during the show, but sometimes Caleb and I just frankly talk too much. Caleb, how are you today, sir? I am good. I am sitting outside and dealing with a height issue. I'm actually on a balcony on the 16th floor, and I actually have a phobia of heights. So I'm powering yeah. through today. This should go well. So I'm comfortable with my coffee, while Caleb Calhoun uh, may have already peed himself. I don't know, <laughs> but that's what could you know what be you the case. Do? You know what you shouldn't do when you have a phobia of something? Drink coffee, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, don't you love the the could word? Um, Josh Heupel could go to Oklahoma. Josh Heupel could go to Texas A&M. Uh, the sun could implode tomorrow. Could is a fun word, especially in talk radio. But uh, we think Caleb's fine, and we've got a lot to get to, and it doesn't start with great news. It's today's tough question. It's brought to you by Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. All right, so it's on the website now, OffTheHookSports.com, and look at what we got. We got uh, Tennessee's, I believe, most talented player. I would have said Brew McCoy before the beginning of last season, and it's not because of McCoy's injury that he suffered. It's just because of what I saw out of James Pierce and talking to some people who know football better than I. I think he's Tennessee's best athlete uh, just in terms of size-speed ratio, has the highest upside. I think he's that good. Fred White has described him as uh, Leonard Little, and Fred doesn't throw those things out, the VFL safety who joins us from time to time. So what did James Pierce do, Caleb Calhoun? Wasn't huge, wasn't monstrous. It was just kind of dumb. Can you get everybody caught up to date? And then I'm going to ask today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Over 40 years of experience in his office. Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Best service, best prices in the biz. Real estate in East Tennessee, Knoxville, andymasonrealestate.com. So get us caught up to date. Caleb, what did our guy James Pierce do? Our guy James Pierce was arrested after a traffic stop. Now, turned out he was driving on a suspended license, a license that was suspended from his time from North Carolina. And, okay, don't drive on a suspended license. That's stupid. The arrest came after he was asked to, I believe, step away from the vehicle, and then he walked towards the vehicle. Now, Dave, I'm going to be honest with you. The description of this is a little shady. I'm not trying to be some James Pierce homer. I'm not a Tennessee homer. I'm the one who said they have a discipline problem a month ago, right, with the traffic incidents that they've had. Yes. So this is not me being a James Pierce homer. What does that mean? He walked towards the vehicle when I told him not to. Therefore, I'm going to arrest him. I, I, I mean, like, that's Man. very subjective, isn't it? I'm not I'm not saying that, it, that there's any lie on that. But it's like, did he blatantly say, F you, I'm going back to my vehicle? Or was it like he took a step towards the vehicle and got arrested? We don't know. I, I, 
I don't know. Here's here's I want to do two things. Like at Thanksgiving dinner, I hate pistachio pudding, so I just sit it to the side and I'm not touching it. Okay, so uh, I I'm a white guy, all right, and I've been treated like a white guy by police. So I don't want to get into the whole could he have been treated differently because I don't know. I mean, I don't know the insides of that. And the other thing that I'm I'm going to set aside is exactly what was said what happened because that will become public and you could be right it could be a bleep you that's my car be sure and hit the like and subscribe button but my question is today's tough question to kind of break this down a little bit um how concerned are you about the james pierce incident so right now and i just put the poll up you've got very concerned somewhat concerned all good just being a kid So we don't know if James Pierce walked back to his car and, uh, yeah, said the, you, you police are a a bunch of pigs. I can't stand you guys. I don't, I don't like you guys. Uh, you're terrible people. You know, there's probably some bleeps in there as well. Or if he was compliant and they didn't like him, I don't know. But based off what we know, how do you feel about the James Pierce incident? Very concerned, somewhat concerned, all good just being a kid. And I will tell you one of my most embarrassing moments on Tennessee when I was pulled over for an expired license. And it was like at nine 40 in the morning when everybody's going to class at, I think the classes started at 10 15 Caleb. So everybody's walking past me and I drove a junker back then. And I was embarrassed to death. So it happens. Kids do stupid stuff like that. You also have different addresses. Now he also had a suspended license in another state. So that's a little weird. But I can see how they couldn't get in touch with him and something small like this could pile up. Here's why I'm on very concerned before I ask you. Did you notice the year, the make, and the model of the car that Pierce was driving? I actually didn't look at the details. What was it? 2021, I believe it was a Grand Cherokee. So I like fast cars, Caleb. Uh, You saw my car in Nashville at the uh, SEC Media Days. I do like fast cars. That is my vice. I like the Tracy Chapman song, Fast Car, but different story. I like that song as well, which got remade recently by a country singer, and that should not happen. That's one of those songs that shouldn't be remade. But go ahead and hit like and subscribe. I like fast cars. I couldn't afford a fast car when I was 20, 21 years old. Not the kind that I like. These guys can afford it with NIL. So the answer is undoubtedly, for me, very, very concerned. We've seen what happens at Georgia. Now you've got an issue at Tennessee, and this is the third traffic incident that has received news that has to do with a a ball. And I just think the ability, having NIL money, to get a – now, this is not a sports car by any stretch of the imagination, but I still remember traveling to Gainesville to cover a Florida game I've only got two or three speeding tickets in my life. And I got one because I was driving a rental car, a Ford Edge, and it was really smooth. And it felt like you were going 40 miles an hour at 60 miles an hour. So point being, it's easier and more comfortable to go faster in cars that are nice that you can afford. So that to me is the issue. And it's not just at Tennessee, Caleb. It's across the board. These guys have money that they can spend on on nicer cars. And I guarantee you that 2021 uh, Grand Cherokee is more comfortable at 100 miles an hour 
than the Volkswagen Golf I had when I was in college. So I think it's a big concern everywhere. I'm not going to throw it as an indictment on James Pierce's character, but yeah, this is an issue. It's already been an issue at Georgia, and God forbid you have a staff member or a player die because somebody's driving too fast. So in and of itself, not an issue. In this NIL world, yeah, I got, I mean, I, I'm concerned. If I'm Josh Heupel, this is, this and gambling, honestly, in the NIL world are my two biggest concerns. Well, and there's, and, and as you talk about, there's levels to this. By the way, when we talk about how did he behave, basically the standard, the 10 of concern is the Jeremy Banks behavior. We all saw the footage of that. Remember that, Dave, when Jeremy Banks was like, where I'm from, we shoot cops. And yes. Like, and there and there was, you know, they asked him to get out of the car and he didn't want to at first. So uh, it's funny you bring that up. I thought there was a strange correlation between the two. I'm not comparing the two, yeah. but it is funny you bring that one up. Like, so, yeah, was James Pierce Jeremy Banks or was this a misunderstanding? We still don't know. We got to wait for details to come out. I agree it's very concerning because it's the third. And Dave, you and I have talked about this. You said it a thousand times over and I agree with you. When you lose discipline, you can't get it back. Because you send out a signal to everybody else. I mean, Tennessee had severe, severe traffic incidents under Philip Fulmer in the late 90s and early 2000s. Even when some of those guys went to the NFL. Yeah, and even when some of them went to the NFL. And I mean, the... This We talked about it last week, but the program was already about to fall apart. But the last one, the most notable one, was Britton Colquitt's DUI crashing into a tree and running from the scene of a crime. And Fulmer suspended for, what, like four games? Or something like that. Yes. And it was easy to make a statement there. It was your punter. You can easily kick your punter off the team. But he didn't kick him off the team. And that just, I did that it had already gone so far down at that point. So what, what I'm getting at is, this one's a test for Josh Heupel. See, Josh Heupel took a really big stance his first year as head coach. He kicked Kate on Salter off the team for two possession arrests. Possession of weed. By the way, I don't care what the law say. Being reckless, reckless driving is worse than being high every time I'd, I'd 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 rather someone get high 20 times and someone reckless drive one time one put someone's life in, g- in danger one doesn't so I'm a, I, I'm, I might debate you on that but anyway go ahead because i could I, I mean i'll be honest with you i like a sports car i do some things that they would say might be reckless driving if i got the wrong cop now i would get it brought down because i know lawyers by the way uh, the program, of course, is represented by Banks and Jones. And so certainly check them out. Tennessee's trial attorney, they won't settle. Uh, T. Scott Jones will take care of you, Banks and Jones. But go ahead. I mean, I, I could be charged with reckless. No one has ever time. died from marijuana, though. Marijuana has a body count of zero in world history. True. And so, but yeah. we don't even know that he had weed, so I don't know why we're... No, 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 no. I, I was bringing up the Kate on Salter thing. Hypo okay. dismissed Kate on Salter who, by the way, just led Liberty to an undefeated season. Um, Heupel dismissed him for two possession charges when he was a freshman. Now, I was suspicious at the time that I felt Heupel was doing that because he wanted an excuse to, one, say he's a disciplinarian, but two, it was easy because he wanted to clear the field for Joe Milton. We all know he wanted to clear the field for Joe Milton to start. Yes. It's a lot harder with James Pierce, isn't it? When you have a rare talent that you don't want off the team, you need him going forward. And this is a test for him. I think if he's going to be consistent with what he did with Kate on Salter, you got to suspend him for a few games no matter what. 
and well, he's very and also, if he doesn't. And I also don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but you know, we, we, we had Fred White on and I didn't follow up. Maybe I should have, but he, he essentially said, you know, he just needs to get his stuff together and he'll be fine. I don't know if that meant on the field, if that meant how to handle pass blocking, if that meant, you know, maybe he's not quite as mature off the field as he needs to be, but in and of itself, I got no problem with this. It would, when you look though at the at the NIL and the potential to have uh, sports cars, the potential to have cars that feel more comfortable at 100, and, 100 miles an hour than not. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I had a buddy who had a Bronco. I mean, you hit a hundred miles on that, hundred miles an hour, and you felt like the whole thing was shaking apart. I guarantee you, James Pierce's car at a hundred miles an hour feels nice and comfy, like you're in a recliner in front of your television. Dave was the OJ driver. We figured it out. The OJ driver. Yes, I was. Uh, you know who I am, Dad. Blame it. What's his name? Help me on the message board. What is it? J- JT or something? What was his name that was driving the the car for? OJ? I don't even remember the name. But uh, is, was just randomly, was that just randomly call, your- randomly call nine one. And who is this? You know who I am. Bleepity bleep. Was that your friend, though? Was that the Bronco driver that was your friend? He was the driver, so I guess I was OJ, but we didn't kill anybody. (laughs) I was just riding along. In all seriousness, and I hate to get philosophical on this, but I have to bring it up. Okay, Dave, I'm not, but you are. You're a parent. Mm -hmm. Didn't you, as your kid was growing up, for minor, not serious infractions, sometimes set a standard like this won't be tolerated because you knew if you let it get out of hand now that it would get worse later. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm having to, to do that with a. I'm having to do that with a puppy as we speak. Don't you have to do that with a program? Don't you have to say if you let it get a little bit out of hand? You've told me. I mean, you. We all. We. To me, ground zero for former letting things get out of hand was James Binks at Tennessee where he let him get away with all but murder because he was such a rare athlete. Everybody saw that in former. And, and that's why you had all the arrests that happened in that 05 all season, right? Because everybody saw, well, if James Banks can get away with it, I can do it. And by the time you create that culture, there is no coming back from that. I mean, you've got to nip it when you nip it. And that doesn't true. mean kick players off the team, but that does mean, you know, you don't have to go the Spurrier route because Spurrier was pretty heavy of a disciplinary. He didn't care. He wouldn't even get to the bottom of it. He said, if you were accused of hitting a woman, you're off the team, period, in the story. Like, wouldn't even try to figure it out. I'm not saying go that route. But I am saying go the route of, you're suspended for a little while, even for the most minor infractions, to let people know this won't be allowed because you, Fulmer, lost complete control of the program because of a few people he let slide. So would you suspend James Pierce for this? Yeah, just a suspended license alone, driving on a suspended license. That's something he did that was wrong that he shouldn't have done. That that is a he is at fault for that. Okay, I probably wouldn't. Um, but I get your point. I, I probably, unless he said bleepity bleep to the cops and all this stuff's recorded now, I probably wouldn't. But I, I certainly understand. I don't believe in dismissing. I don't believe in dismissing players from a team unless they just show repetitive behavior. Unless you're Aaron Hernandez out here killing people and you're Urban Meyer and you're like, I don't care. Kill whoever you want as long as you score me a touchdown. But, um, you know, I, I don't believe in that. Okay. I, I don't not, believe. Not shooting them, especially. You just yes. don't. No. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we get to why Josh Heupel was underrated this past season, I'll remind you, Brainerd Golf Course and Brown Acres Golf Course. Tea time's available. Golf Chattanooga's best public courses. That is right down below. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hose. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. What the H? Today brought to you by Campbell Cunningham and Taylor and Han. I have no glasses or contacts. I'll tell you more. But first at our 345 a.m. meeting this morning, our production meeting, Caleb brought up this point. You know, Josh Heupel. He um he was a better coach this season than we've given him credit for. And I'm like, what do you I mean, what are you talking about? I thought we've given him a lot of credit. Um, I thought we've we backed him for injuries. And I thought that um, you know, we he's had his his bad moments, but we never said he was a bad coach. Even John Adams, who usually joins us on Tuesdays, but he's traveling today. Even even John Adams has said he's not worried about the state of the program, despite the fact that there were two games this season, uh, Missouri and Florida, that were horribly coached. But three balls make the AP All-SEC team, and that is James Pierce, that is Cooper Mays, who I think kind of, dis- you know, he, he missed a lot of the season. I think this is kind of grandfathered in, but he plays at that level. There's no question. So when he was on the field, he was certainly All-SEC. And then Jalen Wright, who I'm, I'm telling you is going to be one of those tailbacks who you want your team to have in the NFL is power back. And I, I would be stunned if he, if he came back based off what I'm hearing, I could be wrong. Uh, and then we'll see what Tennessee does. If Jabari small transfers or Jabari small says, I want to stay anyway, Tennessee's running back group was a strength and could be in flux. So the balls were seventh in representation, despite finishing fifth in the league. And I thought Caleb came up with a great point. Is that a testament to Heupel's coaching? Caleb, and the reason I thought about your point throughout the morning is you have a football team here that is still just three seasons removed from a mass exodus and a complete roster turnover. I think 2022 makes us forget that a little bit. So have we, now that we have some time to sit back and think, have we undervalued the job that Josh Heupel did in 2023. Make that argument because you made a good one at 3.45 a.m. this morning at our production meeting. Yes, we absolutely undervalued it. Tennessee, it's really difficult as it is given what they're three years removed from. Dave, it's even more difficult when all of your key players left from the team of 2022. That's this is what it reminds me of. Here's 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 actually a great analogy. Do you remember when Chris Lofton's senior year with Tyler Swift, Smith, when Bruce Pearls, when the Vols hit number one for the first time in Tennessee basketball? Remember that? When they beat yes. Memphis, they were number one? Mm-hmm. Remember the next year? They were favored to win the SEC. And people kind of got a little upset at Bruce Pearl because they actually had probably their worst year in the six years under him. But nobody paid attention to the fact that they had lost Chris Lofton and Jawan Smith. Which was, ha- which was their entire backcourt. 
from the year before. And Ramar Smith had been dismissed from the team. So, yeah, they had recruited well. They had arrived as a program, but they lost so much talent. And we had forgotten where Tennessee basketball was and the state of the program overall before we got there and how thin the depth was that a lot of people turned on Bruce Pearl unjustifiably. Nobody was going to fire him. Don't get me wrong. And then the next year he took Tennessee to the Elite Eight, their only Elite Eight in history. I'm seeing kind of the same thing with Josh Heupel, where he took over a disaster of a program. He turns it around immediately. He turns it around with players who had a shelf life who weren't going to be there that much longer. And they all left at the end of 2022, Jalen Hyatt, Hendon Hooker, Darnell Wright. These are transcendently talented players. So I got to be honest, I think that we're forgetting where Tennessee was and we're forgetting the job Josh Heupel did. And by the way, they weren't just seventh. They were tied for seventh with two other teams, South Carolina and I believe Mississippi State, that also had three All-SEC players. So Heupel outcoached at least four teams in the SEC to finish number five. We we can't ignore that. No, that's fair. And you didn't even mention the injuries, uh, you know, yeah. which would be Keenan Pilly and Cooper Mays would be two of the primary ones, Brew McCoy. Since you brought it up, let's let's go ahead and throw it out there. What grade would you give? And I want to hear on the message board too. Josh Heupel's coaching, considering, considering the injuries, considering the departures. It's tough for me not to make an argument of B plus or A. Now I think there were some in-game coaching moments that he'd like to have over. I think Florida he would like to have. Uh, over, I think Alabama, he would like to have over in some of the fourth downs. And I think Missouri came out with a defense that was completely different than anything they have done. And Josh Heupel didn't adjust at halftime or whenever the case may be. So I think there's some moments he'd like to have back. So I'm not giving him an A plus, but I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't have any problem with a B plus. Uh, Rob says B plus Derek says a all day. Um, so I don't, I don't have a problem with a B plus, A minus, or you could probably even talk me into, into an A. So if that's the case, then Tennessee's in great shape moving forward. And we're going to talk about their their offensive line as well, which might be better than you think. Uh, uh, right up on that on offthooksports.com coming up later. But um, it sounds like eight and four is is a step back, and it is from 10 and two. But did he do a better coaching job this year than last year? Oh, we lost your audio there, Caleb. We lost your audio. Let's bring you back there. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Um, I don't know if I could go better than last year, to be honest with you. Um, I got to be honest. That's tough. Because I said in the middle of the season after the Texas A&M win that it was a better coaching job. But that Missouri loss kind of – I had to reset a little bit. Now, I will say – yeah, no, I actually will. This was a better coaching job than last year for Josh Eiffel. Now – was it the best coaching job in the SEC? No. Uh, Dave, you hate it, but Eli Drinkwitz probably did a better coaching job this year than Josh. I agree. No, um, I, I, I got no argument on that. I mean, I, I'll give kudos when, when they're due, um, even yeah. if I don't particularly and, like them. And my hot take, and people are going to call me crazy on this. Y'all can call me crazy all day. I don't care. The coach of the year in the SEC was Nick Saban. Him taking over the offense in week three with Jalen Milrow, he should be not. This is the most impressive coaching job Nick Saban has ever done. He should be national coach of the year, Nick Saban, this year. And – Anybody that thought he was just a recruiter, look at what he did this year with Jalen Milrow and taking over the offense. He should, I don't know if you think I'm crazy, Dave. He should be coach of the year just for that. 
Um, if you don't go into a season knowing who your quarterback is, I can't go down that road with you. I just can't. I mean, you you should have a feel through spring practice and preseason camp who your quarterback is, and that decision should be made. Now, I understand that that, that those are not always settled in in the preseason, but one, one of a couple of things happened. He he allowed Jalen Milrow to go out there ill prepared, or his offensive coordinator, who you pointed out yesterday, didn't have a good plan in place, and then he took over. My argument was you should have taken over before the Texas game. So I can't give him a stellar, stellar grade, but I'll give him a very good grade. I think this was one of his top two or three coaching jobs of his career. How about that? That's where I am. That's fair. I think the mistake then would have been just the offensive coordinator hire. He just hired the wrong coordinator. But to his credit, he took over for that coordinator three three weeks in, and he said, this is my offense. Nick Saban coached both sides of the ball all year. I don't think he's ever done that. Yep. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Uh, with Josh Heupel, uh, do, you, do you feel like fans have been a little bit unfair to him because of the eight and four record? Uh, the fact that he has been criticized frequently um, because of those in-game issues. Now, I don't think so. I think uh, that, listen, you and I are going to differ on this. Going forward on fourth down and your own end of the field with a lead against Alabama was beyond dumb, in, in my opinion. Um, I think that uh, Tennessee not being able to adjust, and I was told that by somebody within the program that Missouri threw a totally different defense at them. Not being able to adjust at halftime and and have uh, have some sense of offensive prowess is still bizarre to me. That That is probably the most surprising. But what the H brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Haunt. Enjoy life when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination, cctis.com, cctis.com. So how many coaches in the SEC, Caleb, had a better coaching season than Josh Heupel? Obviously, you've got Nick Saban, who you 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 believe, and I, I would make that argument as well, just we're on the same page there. But who else had a better coaching season? Eli Drinkwitz? Is there anybody else? Did Josh Heupel have the third best season? And the we SEC? probably have to say Lane. We have probably have to say Lane Kiffin too. I mean, he just he had to take a array of transfers because that's all he could get, and he went ten and two and beat LSU. I mean, can we really ignore what he what Lane Kiffin did at Ole Miss with that? And and he beat Tulane, which is not a bad non conference win, to be honest with you. So I I think we'll go Lane Kiffin. Probably had a better season than Josh Heupel. We always forget he's in the SEC, don't we? And like he's Lane. the biggest loudmouth. Well, there, you know, I consider David Cutcliffe a friend, and there were times I forgot that he was at Ole Miss. Ole Miss uh, and Mississippi State both just seem like these castaway programs, and I wonder where they're going to stand in the hierarchy of the SEC now that Texas and Oklahoma are in there as well. Let's- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's give you a quick roster update if we can. And uh, brought to you in part by our friends at City Heating and Air Conditioning 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company. 
to tell you that you need a new unit that could cost you thousands or more, go to cityheatandair.com. Let's talk some O-line, all right? I know you probably read what is on offthehooksports.com or will be pretty shortly, but how certain do you feel or do you that Tennessee will be considerably better on the offensive line in 2024 than it was in 2023? So let's get some news out since we're talking the O-line. So yesterday, John Campbell Jr. announced he's returning. And I think that's crucial. Addison Nichols announced he's entering the transfer portal. I think that doesn't matter. And so I think there is a chance that the offensive line is better next year. We're not sure yet because we need to see what Cooper Mays is going to do. And we need to see what Javante Spragans is going to do. And we need to see what Gerald Mincy is going to do. But Dave, you talked about the concern of the offensive line in 2024. There's a chance all three of them come back, at which point four of the five starters from this year's offensive line would be back next year. And the one that wouldn't be back is their left guard spot, and that was the weakest spot of the line anyway. So I think that there's a very good chance the offensive line is significantly better. I think it comes down to Cooper Mays and Javante Spragans. I think those are the two most irreplaceable players on the line. Yeah, and, and let's take a look at these guys specifically. And at left guard, you would think Andre Keurig, with another year, I mean, physically, you think he's ready, right? I mean, no, you, I, I think, I think, I think physically he's not ready. I saw him get wrecked way too many times. I don't think he. No, can but play. that that could be bad steps. I mean, that 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 could be a lack of understanding of the offense. So I'm not I'm not willing to write him off um, the same way I wouldn't write, let's say, a freshman off. Um, who who was the kid? Um, Albert Toina. I didn't think he was very good his first year at left tackle at Tennessee. In fact, he never got great. But uh, that would be the argument that I would make, that he has another year in the system to get better. But let, let's take a look at this offensive line for a second. Let's start with John Campbell Jr. Pro Football Focus gave him a 59.5 grade for the season. He was really good at pass blocking at left tackle. That's important. 72.8 grade from PFF. That's big. You got... I can't remember his name. What is his name that's supposed to start next year? Is it Nico? Yes. So you want to protect his blind side. And then Ollie Lane is out of eligibility. So he's gone. They'll need somebody to play at left guard. Right now, this could change in two hours. Andre Keurig is projected to be that guy I would think at left guard. I'm not as down on him as Caleb. He got a 59 grade from pro football focus. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. So I guess Caleb and I are, are pretty close. Javante Spragan. pretty bad. What's that? Yeah, 59 ain't great. Yeah. Javante Spragan suffered a season-ending uh, injury last season, but indicated he would return for another season at Tennessee during a speaking engagement at the Knoxville Quarterback Club. He got a 67.9 grade. And then at right tackle, the balls depended on Gerald Mincy to replace Darnell Wright. Uh, Mincy ended the 2022 season with a 60.6 grade. Let me tell you right now, Tennessee's offensive line will be great if two things. Cooper Mays comes back and they stay healthy. Because you can't go in the transfer portal and say, hey, come be a backup. You would love Tennessee. And right now, that's how it's looking at least to a, a prospective athlete in the portal. They're going to look at 
Uh, Keurig, whether or not you and I like him, and they're going to say he's played there. I'm already behind him. That's an issue. I'm already going to be behind somebody else. That's an issue. So, but if they're healthy and Cooper Mays comes back, I say they're better in 2024 than certainly 2023 and comparable to 2022. Too strong? I'm getting a look there. 2022 had a generational talent at right tackle that I don't think anybody can replace. So that's a little bit different. Now, for PFF grades, are people concerned about the interior? PFF grades for guards should be thrown out the window. Now, tackles, it's more okay because, as you know, Dave, tackles is more just one-on-one blocking on the outside. But guards, there are so many stunts and and things that different defensive lines run that I think you and I both know that interior blocking is not as much a one-on-one matchup in in football. Uh, So guards and centers don't look at PFF grades. Um, I think it's Cooper Mays and Javante Spragans. I think Javante Spragans is a rare, rare talent at run blocker. This is why we love people like Cole Kublik, who covers – you need a guy like that to cover SEC football because he will tell you he doesn't watch anything but the offensive line every play. And the first player he mentioned when I interviewed him was Javante Spragans at SEC Media Days. He's like, look at his downfield blocking every time Tennessee runs the ball. And I did this year, and he was right. I mean, he was dead right. And I don't know if you can replace that at guard. But if he comes back and if Cooper Mays comes back, this offensive line will be elite. It will be very, very, very elite. And I think they would be good enough to compensate if Keurig falls a little bit short this year. But I believe that he's going to make some sort of improvement. You don't think he's physically prepared to play. So maybe you go pitch that uh, to an offensive lineman in the transfer portal. But here's why offensive linemen in the transfer portal aren't shaking out to be all that I thought they would be. Um and there's a very specific reason why. Portions of the program brought to you by Harold Group Security Solutions in private schools now want to be in public schools and keep your kids safe. That's exactly right. Leadership experience, specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques, making your children safer one school at a time. In private schools, want to go to public schools, go to your administrator, also at your workplace, and say you need to reach out to Harold Group Security Solutions. Let's avoid the tragedies of our past that have marred our, our country's recent history. Offensive line is not a place where you just step in and are ready to go. There, There's a reason other than the physical ability that Tennessee looked inept without Cooper Mays. It's chemistry. And at that left guard position, if there's an Achilles heel, if it's not Carrig who's able to take a step and they have to go get somebody else, are you going to be as good in September as you'd like to be? Probably not. I think chemistry is a big, big thing on the offensive line. And when I look at positions now that we're learning about the transfer portal, I think offensive line is going to be one of the positions that has the least amount of impact over the years. Would you agree or disagree with that? Yeah. Offensive line more than any position is about development and about, you're right, about chemistry, particularly and I keep stressing this, the interior of the offensive line. You can plug in a tackle. Left tackle is a very simple position to play on the line. And Dave, just beat the person in oh, front yeah. of you. And is, is right tackle is pretty much similar too, isn't it? Aren't they both the same? Just beat the guy in front of you? And- uh, for the most part, you're playing in space. It's more of a one-on-one game. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. The, the difference is, I mean, nowadays, you know, 
back when the earth was cooling and dinosaurs roamed the earth, um, you knew that as an offensive tackle, the guy was going to be lined up on your probably outside shoulder and he was going to have his hand on the ground. Now guys like James Pierce may be standing up. They may have their hand on the ground. They may just come beat the bleep out of you. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit more difficult, but I see what you're saying. If you're physically gifted, you should be able to, and, and take coaching, you should be able to handle that position. Right, exactly. And so that's the difference to me between, so with the interior chemistry matters, and there's development, and this is why we talk about this all the time. Iowa and Wisconsin, they've been for years churning out NFL offensive linemen and NFL guards. Why? They have a system where they get some corn-fed guys that are maybe two or three stars, and they just coach them up. And they're... They always lead the NFL in offensive linemen, always. I think Wisconsin one year led the NFL. I think three years in a row, Wisconsin led the NFL in players in the Super Bowl, and they were all offensive linemen in the Super Bowl those, those three years. And so all, it's not just the transfer portal, Dave. Offensive line is probably where the biggest misses are on the recruiting trail coming out. And G. So, G. Smith sorry. says, what about depth, Dave? Where are we in the O-line for 2025? Well, that's where it gets dicey. I'm just going to be all, that's like real honest with you. That's, so crucial. Yeah, and I thought 2024 it could get dicey because I was assuming Cooper Mays left. I, I thought that it could get dicey next year. I think it, get dicey after, it gets dicey after that. Addison Nichols, from what I was told, lacked some toughness and never really fit into the program. So I don't think that's a loss for Tennessee. It might be a gain for another program. But I don't think it's a loss for Tennessee because I don't think it was ever going to shake out right for him as of all. Depth, though, G. Smith, I mean, buddy, you're exactly right. I mean, I don't know who the depth is next year. I think it's tough to get that in the transfer portal. And those are the guys you should be grooming for 2025. So 2025 is it's going to be an interesting year on the offensive line. And it it, it – it, at this point, if you made me project, it'd probably be a step back year. And that's not what you want, obviously. You don't want to have your highs and lows and peaks and valleys. But we'll see if if a better passing attack is able to slow down some of those defensive linemen. And I think that's what uh, Josh Heupel is gambling on to some extent. Heisman finalist reveal, revealed uh, who should win. Uh, will Nico be a finalist next year? We'll get into that. <clears throat> and you were going to say on Pierce? Yeah, I, I wondered about this. I, I I understand where the debate's going on our message board. I love the spirit of debate. I'm not going to get into that at this moment. But, Dave, I just thought about this. Does NIL – how much of an impact does this have on how coaches can discipline players now? Because, say, James Pierce got a bunch of NIL money from advertisers. Josh Heupel is going to have a much harder time dismissing a player if Booster spent a bunch of money on him for advertising, isn't he? Oh, I don't think they would question if they cut him. Are you talking about an endorser saying, hey, you just cut our guy? Yeah. Yes. Do you think that's possible now? I mean, we're talking like Nico got $8 million. Now, I, I don't think Nico Imaliava is going to do anything to get dismissed. But let's just say hypothetically, he did something really, really bad. You don't think those boosters are going to want that 7 to $8 million back that they spent I on that, him? I believe that surely to God's creation – that these are like annual contracts and if you get in trouble that you don't have to continue paying. So what you're proposing is that Iamaleava, they would have to continue. Like if something happened, they would have to continue to pay him while he's at Texas A&M. Or maybe uh, they paid him or maybe they were stupid and paid him all up front. Oh Lord. I mean, that would be awful. 
I love you to death, Caleb, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's, how, that's Eric, Remember Eric Dickerson in the 80s? Texas A&M bought him a car illegally to go to Texas A&M. He knew they couldn't snitch, snitch on him, so he still went to SMU and just kept the car. <laughs> oh, I always thought the car was from SMU. All right, well, I'll learn something there. Okay, uh, coming up, uh, Heisman finalist reveal. Will Nico be a Heisman finalist next year and that means getting invited we'll give you reasons why and why not and i'm not allowed to share my heisman vote should i do it anyway maybe i will in two minutes he's caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker this is a presentation of off the hook sports right back nico a heisman finalist maybe sun sand and salt water the beach is a very relaxing place unless you wear contacts ow Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Excuse me, Your Honor. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Back to today's tough question. How do you feel about the James Pierce incident? Six nineteen now percent say very concerned. Thirty-one uh, percent say somewhat concerned. Fifty percent say all good. Just being a kid. <laughs> the last one should be as popular. I mean, I, yeah, I'm I'm in the middle. I'm with you. I'm not a I'm not like a throw the book at somebody for making mistakes, but I'm also not like let's not pretend that what he did isn't wrong. Um now again, I, I want to address because people talked about the going 63 and a 35, which was a that is significantly over the speed limit. Dave, how many times have you been and particularly in Knoxville where it's very hilly? You can be driving down a hill, the speed limit goes down, and you don't even realize you're speeding sometimes because it's just like your foot's not even on the pedal. 
and oh yeah i mean like i told you i rented a car and i still would like to have one as the family truckster uh is a ford edge and that's just a random shout out to the ford edge uh it it is so smooth it goes about 10 20 percent faster than you think it's going you have to use cruise control or you will get a ticket i rented one i got a ticket driving to gainesville so yes it is very easy and i was doing uh, 60 and a 40. Grand Cherokee, if you're going down a hill, you could easily see some it going like 25, 30 miles over the speed limit, right? Right. I'm not saying it's okay. Rocky Top Tom is, uh, you know, lost, lost someone to a traffic accident. I'm not saying it's okay, nor am I proud of it, but it, it, mistakes happen, especially at the wheel. And, um, you know, sometimes we speed. Not that I speed. I let Caleb drive once at SEC Media Days. He was insane. He was just all over the place. That's not true. I never drove it. SEC media days. You're just making stuff up. Just, Caleb Tyro drove us a couple of times. We let we let the young guy drive drive me and Dave. How did Jiro do? I'm surprised with those big uh, what are they Kanye shoes or whatever he was wearing. He was able to fit his feet in between the brake pedal and the gas pedal, or or press one and not the other. Have I ever told you my I don't story? Know. I, was, I was making myself be very very proper, sitting at the back, like, "Oh, Jiro, turn left here, dear driver." <laughs> have i ever told you my story about when i drove a uh, stock car at bristol motor speedway you did not so i have size 15 feet so when i would try to press the gas my feet were so big they pressed the brake too and oh God, there, really yeah there were 12 there were 12 people that there were 14 people that ran the race i finished 12th and you always know you didn't do well when you're getting out of there and you're getting out and you're climbing out of the stock car. And I said, how'd I do? And they go, well, did you have fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you have, if they're just asking me that, then I didn't do very well. And for the record, I was beaten by four women and the husband of the black widow pool shark lady. You know who I'm talking about? No, I don't Somebody not. Google that. Help me with a black widow pull shark lady because she was there stunning in person. Stunning. Portions of the program brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, the Tennessee tradition? RickTerryJewelry.com. And again, tell them that Off the Hook Sports sent you. Support our sponsors. It is close to Christmas time. So you need to check out Rick Terry Jewelry. Com. Support our sponsors. That's why we're here. The Heisman finalists have been revealed. Who should win? But more importantly, will Nico be a finalist next year or even the year after? So I'll give you three choices on the message board, um, and I'll give Caleb three choices. One, he's a finalist next year. Two, he's a finalist in 2025. Three, he's never a finalist. By the way, a finalist is defined as going to New York City. And there's been some confusion on that. Sometimes they can bring three. Sometimes they can bring five. It really depends. It's four this year. It really depends on the voting and how close it is and how much drama they think there is. In other words, they're not going to take a, uh, <laughs> a Brady Quinn like at the NFL draft that has to just sit there like a doofus on camera forever. So... Uh, it would essentially mean that at the very least, Nico would be a top five player. Okay, so before we get to that, who are the finalists? Who would you have voted for? I'm technically not allowed to say, but who who would you have voted for? Who would have been your top three? 
Okay, so the finalists are Jaden Daniels at LSU, Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, Michael Penix Jr. at Washington, and Bo Nix at Oregon. Okay, I'd have voted for Jaden. My three were there. Are there? Uh, they were the. They were pretty easy. Um, and I'm not going to give anything away, but they don't play wide receiver. So this is almost a year that I just didn't feel like there was a clear cut finalist. And this and this is the kind of season that a guy like Nico could benefit from. So I'll give you the options. Uh, he will be in New York. Well, for the hold on. Let me give you who. Let me give you who my winner was. You never even let me. Give oh, you okay, okay, I don't. Okay. I don't have a vote, so I can give my winner. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think uh, I disagree. Phoenix by a few inches, Travis. Says. No, it's not. I, I'm sorry. I think it's actually pretty clear cut. It's Jaden Daniels. I don't care that LSU didn't play for the national title and that they had three losses. His stats were historically amazing. He wins the Heisman in my book. I mean, if I think it's obvious. Without giving it away, I'm not going to argue with you. How about that? Okay. Nico, 2023, 2024, or nada. Never. 2024, or 24. Man, 25. if he makes it to New York in 2023. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be amazing. Like, he'd have to buy a ticket. Um, yeah. uh, um, I am going to say if it's not 2024, Josh Heupel will not work out as a coach at Tennessee unless it's an injury. Whoa. So you think he has to be in New York City for the Heisman ceremony next year or there's an issue? Or there's a major – provided he's healthy. Provided he's healthy, he has to be in New York next year. Or else there's a big concern about Josh Heupel's program going forward. Josh Heupel staked everything on Nico. Everything was everything about Josh Heupel's program has been staked on next year with Nico. So he better be in New York next year. And yeah, I think he'll be in New York next year. Okay, you're going to have, just in the SEC, you're going to have Jalen Milrow and Carson Beck to compete with, and I think Beck's really good for the record. So you could be the third best quarterback in the SEC and Tennessee could still win 10-plus games. Did you watch Mike Bobo's coaching in the SEC championship game? Of course, I'm going to New York. Are you telling me that under I was Bobo, no quarterback is going I, I waited all year to say Mike Bobo would do Georgia in. And Dave, you have to agree with me. Mike Bobo called a horrible game on Saturday, didn't he? Oh, that was... I thought it was horrible. I also thought, though, that he was hamstrung a little bit because Alabama's defensive interior was really good, and he was and afraid of it. He was hurt, too. Yeah, was but, but still, um, I mean, he'd have to be better than Beck and Milrow, who, let's face it, the Heisman is a lot about pub, right? So, I mean, the pub is going to be to get an Alabama and Georgia guy there. Um, so he would have to beat both those guys in Heisman voters' eyes to get there. So I, I say, no, he doesn't make it next year. 2025, 2025, I think is a real possibility. Um, but again, we're really projecting ahead and I'm, I'm basing this off too. I know that some people listen and, <clears throat> and there's a lot of talking heads out there nowadays, but I'm telling you what I've heard about Nico in, in, in practice. Okay. And I, sources within, within the program have told me he's looked darn good, that he is a competitor, uh, specifically, Joe Milton takes things a little lightly. I think that Nico is more along the lines of let's get this bleeping thing done right now. It's not okay to be okay at a Wednesday practice. So I think you're going to get a, a great leader next year as still an underclassman. I think you're going to get at least a very good quarterback and an upgrade 
I don't know that you're going to get a Heisman finalist, though, Caleb. I can't go that far. If you don't get a Heisman finalist, look, Hendon Hooker would have been a Heisman finalist if he didn't get hurt. If you don't get mm, that, point. then you failed as Josh Heupel as a head coach, and you will not win a championship at Tennessee. I, I would go ahead and move on from Josh Heupel next year if Nico's not a finalist. Josh Heupel. Oh, I, would, I would. I would. Josh Heupel's entire calling card is his ability to make quarterbacks look like God on the field because of how good he is. Joe Milton, I understand. It was limited. Nico Iamaliava is the best quarterback possible for Josh Heupel's system. If Nico's not in New York next year, Dave, that means people have figured out Josh Heupel's offense. That's what that means. And I am. Well, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any figuring out Josh Heupel's offense. I, um, yeah, I don't think in New York by you saying figure out, I want to stop on that for a second. By you saying, figure out Josh Heupel's offense. Caleb, that makes me, that makes me think gimmick offense. I don't, I don't think it is. It is a little gimmicky, but it works. And he runs the ball a lot, but let's not forget the wide splits is a little gimmicky. He's taking advantage of the white hash marks in college football and the downfield blocking that's that that's undeniable so you can't disguise coverage on defense what happened this year now again i think and you think we both agree that the 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 disproportionate amount thank you rocky top top totally agree the drop off to 2025 (laughs) yeah read what he said for those on the audio platform Rocky Top Tom says we can have our entire OL and DL return in 24. We have Squirrel, Mike Matthews, and great tailbacks. It's looking groovy next season. The drop-off of 25 worries me. Rocky Top Tom, you said the word groovy. You didn't strike me as a hippie, Rocky Top Tom. No, groovy makes me think of the Batman dance. (laughs) Uh, Okay, now the next person, you have to read this one too if you're going to read other posts on our message board, and we encourage you to post early and often. Read this one. Caleb, you're crazy. Hey, you know what? Sometimes crazy people are proven right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you believe the biblical text, literally, everybody said Noah was crazy when he built the ark. They did. And then <clears throat> that was even portrayed in Evan Almighty. Uh, he says, run the ball. <laughs> oh, such a stupid movie. I love that, that movie. movie. I can't help but love time. it. I don't know why. It's a guilty pleasure. Travis says, uh, figured it out. Run the ball. Screen plays times 10. Deep ball. Get it figured out. So uh, this they're is not what I was they're, getting it. Yeah, they're not going to run the those screen plays times 10 that you saw well, last. That's that well issue. that's what he, the, the question is have they figured it out or was Milton just that limited? I'm I mean, you know how I feel. I've been saying Yes, you feel Milton was that limited. <laughs> I told you I, that when we start doing this I, on a regular basis in February. I agree. Meaning next year Nico better not be limited. I expect more deep balls and um, yes, Travis, I did just compare myself to Noah. Um, you just but, about that beard. Uh, <laughs> okay, so all I'm saying... I feel like I should introduce your beard. I feel like it's uh, Dave, Caleb, and Caleb's beard are the co-host of the show. I'm just a regulation hottie, guys. The thing's um, getting out of so control. All I'm saying is Nico <laughs> had better be in New York next year. He'd better be in New York. For Josh Heupel's sake, he'd better be in New York. And guys, stop. I'm going to address this. Do I think there might have been an ESPN bias against Tennessee? And it does certainly show because Tennessee's just had the bad luck of media voters deciding the year they break all the rules and their standards just happening to be the year Tennessee has a Heisman finalist. I think it's just been bad luck. The Peyton Manning year, they changed all their standards one year because they were tired of giving it to quarterbacks, honestly. And offensive players 
Hey, this is a real, this is why I love our message board and the ability to interact. This is a really great point. Those screen passes, how many of them break if Brew McCoy is not hurt? Because Brew McCoy is a great blocker and Brew McCoy is athletic. So some of those passes are going to go to him and some of those are going to go to the receivers that he's blocking for. I think the screen game, which Tennessee had to rely on because of Joe Milton's deficiencies, could have been considerably, considerably better with Brew McCoy in the lineup. I love our message board. Great point, guys. Absolutely. That's a great, great point. I mean, you only had one game this year with Cooper Mays and Brew McCoy both healthy. And if you think about it, Dave, if we did a list of like the four players Tennessee couldn't afford to lose, Brew McCoy and Cooper Mays would both have been on that list, right? Yeah, Brew would have. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And both got hurt. They only played one game together this year. The other one who would have made the list is Keenan Peely, and he missed the whole year. So we're talking, like, just on a tangent for a minute, Tennessee had the most key injuries possible that they could not afford this year, given the lack of depth. And so, yeah, I think through blocking with the screens, it would have been a huge, huge deal. Um, Squirrel Thornton in the screen game with through blocking. You're right. Could have been a sight. That is true. I think – and by the way, with my, like Rocky Top Tom pointed out, Mike Matthews is a five star. He better work out. Nico to Mike Matthews, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Nico better be in New York next year. I'm not even saying Tennessee has to compete for the national title. Nico just has to be in New York. There we go. Portions of the program brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over five million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia daily updates. Go to Facebook.com and follow them at Sports Treasures TN. That sports treasures TN. So right now, we know that Nico's going to need some help, but wide receiver, just like every other quarterback. So my question for you is with who will be Tennessee's starting three wide receivers or receivers, uh, including the slot. We know that they like to go with three and stick with three. We saw that in 2022. You and I both adhere to that coaching principle. Um, so who are the three starting receivers next year? Because if, if you throw out there Nimrod or Webb, I'm just going to tell you that Nico's not going to have a Heisman finalist type well, of you, campaign. No offense to those guys. No, that's fine. It's either going to be Brew McCoy or Mike Matthews on one side. And I don't, it depends on if Brew McCoy comes back. But I believe Mike Matthews is the type as a dictated coverage type of receiver. Don't you, Dave? Yes, no, I do, and I'm I'm fine with him. I think that just somebody has to open up the middle for Squirrel. I'm not exactly sure that Thornton won't slide outside. So what if it's Thornton, McCoy, and Squirrel? I think they were well, toying with that. Coming on late, but I still don't see Thornton being better than a healthy Brew McCoy, and I still don't see him. I, I don't see like I don't see a Cedric Tillman, Brew McCoy, or even potential of Mike Matthews with Dante Thornton even though I, I retracted what I said about him during the middle of the season. I've been hot and cold on Thornton. I said him coming to Tennessee was Kevin Durant to Golden State's offense. Then I said, I'm done with him. He's terrible. Now I'm like, okay, he's good. But I don't see him being a Brew McCoy dictate coverage type receiver. So the Yeah, but, is- I, I, but, but, but when I look at the trio of potentially Thornton on the outside, here's, here's what I'm thinking, okay? And I'm, I'm going to make a, a Dallas Cowboys reference in the early 90s. So for some of you, I will sound very old. For Caleb, I will sound very weak of just going back to uh, my old uh, go-to. They had a guy named Kelvin Martin who was a slot receiver who played at Miami. And then they had a guy named Michael Irvin who played on the outside. And they had a guy named Alvin Harper, who you probably know, who played on the outside as well. And that's when they were at their best. Um, 
So what if Dante Thornton is your Alvin Harper? He's running go route after go route. He's stretching the field uh, on the outside, squirrels your slot, and then your uh, possession receiver is Brew McCoy, with uh, similar to Michael Irvin in that he could break the big one every now and again. Because I think that Michael Irvin was kind of like the best possession receiver ever because he could he could turn in a big play now and again. But I don't think he's anywhere close to the best receiver ever, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? The well, last couple of years, Tennessee's had a wideout who was a – they had a possession receiver on one side, which was typically Ravel Keaton, and then a dictate coverage receiver like Rue McCoy or Cedric Tillman. You're seeing you could have both of those in one, a dictate coverage and possession receiver be the same guy, and then have a guy run a go route at the other wideout spot. Yeah. I think based off what I've seen, I think that only guy that could really dictate coverage is Brew. I, mean, I don't see Dante Thornton jumping in and out. Yeah, and that's the thing. So it, it'll either be Brewer or, or Mike Matthews if Mike Matthews can do it. And if that's depending on who comes back, if Brew comes back. And by the way, even if Brew comes back, it's a broken leg. Are we sure he's going to be able to dictate coverage like he was able to before? Boy, they they just fix people so good now. <laughs> Don't they? That's a tough one, though. That was an ugly injury. Now, Willis he made it in the NFL with the still, I think, the freakiest injury I ever saw. Um in real time, the Willis McGahee hit against Ohio State in the national title game. But man, that Brew McCoy injury was was gruesome. That was that was up there with the remember the David Holbert injury in practice, Dave. I bet you were covering that. Um, I didn't see it. <clears throat> I remember it. I didn't see it. The, um, it, it was it, it was snapshotted in real time. It was the scariest thing I'd ever seen. Um, I'm at a point where I'm old and I avoid seeing those. I just uh, I, I depend on Caleb to tell me. How bad things might be. Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains, use the promo code HAT HAT to receive some free swag on your cider order. Available most anywhere in the United States of America. TNCiderCompany.com. TNCiderCompany.com. That's Tennessee Cider Company. Use the promo code HAT. And Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I want to talk a little bit of Lady Boss, if we can, for a second. And it is time for Four Downs, brought to you by our good friend Don Self at State Farm. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four. Four downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, Lady Balls are one and three in their last four games. One and three versus top 25 teams, I should say. Uh, is Kelly Harper on the hot seat? That's what we want to dive into for a moment and get your thoughts as well. What do you expect out of this uh, Lady Balls program? And it's brought to you by Don Self. Uh, first, if I can, uh, I'll tell you what. I would really like for Cooper to tell everybody what to do. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Good call, Coop. All right, here we go. First down. Coop here. First down. Is Kelly Harper on the hot seat right now as of early December? Yes, and she should be. Okay. Um, I had, I think the biggest reason is that a lot of people are going to make the – she's one in four against top 25 teams. 
they needed overtime to beat Memphis. And a lot of people are going to make the excuse, uh, well, Kelly Harper doesn't have her best player, Rakia Jackson. Guys, the gap in women's basketball talent, while a lot closer than it was 20 years ago, is still not to the degree that if you if Tennessee's where you expect it to be, their one injury should cause them to lose four or five 20, top 25 games. You agree with me on that, right, Dave? The gap's yes. not that significant. Yes. And, no, no, nobody, nobody is asking her, by the way, to win seven national championships. Nobody. Nobody. But And by the way, they lost by 20 to Ohio State the other night. You really think they're beating Ohio State at home even with Rakia Jackson in that game? No, I don't. So, yeah, no, she's on the hot seat. All right. Uh, second down brought to you by Don Self of State Farm. Cooper Mays here. Second down. Thanks, Coop. I'd like to see Coop out there. He could ball back in the day. Uh, actually, he said baseball was the second sport. What are the expectations this season? Brought to you by Don Self. Customer service still matters. State Farm agent Don Self and his team take customer service seriously for over 40 years in Collegedale, Udawah, as well as the greater Chattanooga area. Customer service still matters. Don Self, your friendly neighborhood State Farm agent for the greater Chattanooga area. Customer service. I know everybody's looking for great prices, but nowadays it's nice to have great customer service. So what are the expectations this season? Let me start, if you don't care. Um, Fair expectations are Sweet 16 each and every year for this Tennessee program. Uh, There are more women's basketball programs that are pouring money into the sport than before. That is true. It is not like it was when Pat Summit was at the helm. That's a fact. But Sweet 16 for a program that does spend money like UConn, South Carolina, I could go on and on. That's reasonable expectations every year. However, expectations, given what Tennessee had coming back and the fact that Kelly Harper has had time. How many years is this for her? This is her fourth year? This is her her fifth year. Fifth year. Okay. Final four. If If you go to one of those programs, UConn, South Carolina, Tennessee, within five years, you should be in the final four. Am I wrong? Easily easily within five years and if not you should have a final four type of team like it's college basketball even women's basketball you can live with an upset every now and then in the ncaa tournament where you may have had a number one seed and slipped up in the elite eight that happens all the time in college basketball but this tennessee team isn't even on track for a final four like no one would have them as a number one seed or even a number two seed in the ncaa tournament right now so I, i just yeah no that that's Either a final four, either make the final four or ha- or be on track for the final four as a one okay. or two seed. Coop, what down is it? Tennessee center, Cooper Mays here. Third down. All right. What are fair expectations for five years? The next five years. I say three, I say two final fours, and you're in uh, two final fours, elite eight, two sweet 16s. I think that's fair. Is that is that too harsh? Is that too high? I think you're allowed one non. I think you're allowed one first round exit every five years. This day and age of women's basketball, first weekend exit in the NCAA tournament. I think you're okay. allowed one every five years. So one first weekend, two, two final. One fours. first week, one first weekend, two Sweet Sixteens, two Sweet Six. One, I, I go, I one first weekend, two second weekends, two third weekends. Which third weekend is Final Four? Yep, uh, absolutely. And then uh, fourth down. All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. All right. Fourth down is how does this end? I think Danny White's going to fire her. Danny White, it, largely because Danny White is confident in his own ability to hire. 
Danny White is the best hirer in all of college athletics as an athletic director. Look at his track record. Look at guys he's found dating back to when he was at Buffalo. I mean, the dude's amazing, Dave. And I think there are a lot of names out there that you can go get. And so I think I think he fires him. Here's the here's the real sticking point, Dave. The football thing already wrecked Fulmer's legacy as athletic director at Tennessee. If Danny White fires Kelly Harper, that's just another nail and like that's just like adding insult to injury because that was a Fulmer hire as athletic director at Tennessee. And that like even makes his legacy even more irrelevant. Did you think it was a bad hire at the time? Yes, I did, because she had gotten fired from another job in the past. And Fulmer made the hire because, and I never believe in doing this, Missouri State in 2019, where she was, made a Cinderella run to the Sweet 16. Here's a lesson in college sports, particularly college basketball. Never hire a coach because they had a Cinderella tournament run. Do you know how easy it is to get hot in the tournament, guys? That is not indicative of the job you do at that place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you there. I mean, you could have one hot shooting team. I mean, Southwest Missouri State beat Tennessee um, in Charlotte one year with Jerry Green, and they were far more uh, – Tennessee was far more talented, and Southwest Missouri State beat beat Tennessee. If you play that game ten times, Tennessee wins nine and a half. Um, so, no, you're right. Don't pick somebody off a, off a tournament run. But let me ask you this. Is Tennessee perceived as a good job to have – because of the support or is it perceived as an okay job to have because of expectations? Can you call uh Carol Lawson, a Don Staley, uh, an A-list coach and get them to come? Or is Tennessee changed so dramatically from the Pat summit days that those ladies are going to be like, you know, I'm going to go hard pass on that. I think Tennessee is a terrible job to have. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not just the expectations. No one's expecting seven, eight national titles. No one's expecting that. So I'm not saying it's because of the expectations. Tennessee's a terrible job to have because of the culture of the program that is very similar, Dave. And my best example is Tennessee's a terrible job to have the way Notre Dame is a terrible job to have in football. In the sense, Mm. it's not the expectations. It's that there's a culture that you're expected not just to win, but to win a certain way. And the winning a certain way is not possible to win that way anymore in women's basketball. And there are things like Women's Basketball Hall of Fame is in Knoxville. I, coaches don't believe in giving their players a tour of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. The culture is you don't give your player a tour of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame because that's an unfair recruiting advantage. So what if it's an unfair recruiting advantage? This was the whole Pet Summit Maya Moore thing. Remember with Gina Oriema, she was mad that Gina Oriema was giving his players a tour of the ESPN facility. Well, are they not doing that anymore? No, Pat, are they not doing a tour of the women's basketball hall of fame? If not, that would be insane. They didn't believe, I know this when I was there, they didn't believe in it. They thought that was an unfair recruiting. They are very by the book. Here's why Tennessee got great guys. Tennessee has a unique, Women's I will say this. I'm not sure what you're supposed to do with the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame because the times I've been there has basically been talked to the janitor. The what? The janitor. <laughs> I'm not being mean. Um, I, I mean, you would have plenty of room if you took some visitors there. Yeah. And so here's the cult. The women's basketball culture at Tennessee is not. Here's what a lot of students don't get. It's not the same fan base 
that is the Tennessee football fan base and the Tennessee basketball fan base. Okay. It's not like other leagues where like UConn, the women's basketball and the men's basketball fans, there's a crossover there. Okay. Not the way with Tennessee women's basketball, Tennessee women's basketball. And here's what people need to understand. Pat Summit was a great coach, but Dave, you want to know what, why Tennessee became such a legendary program more than anything else? Because Tennessee was the only state in the South and the only college really to fully embrace title nine when it happened in the early 1970s, they got fully on board with women's sports when, because of old school thinking in a lot of Southern schools, there was a lot of anti-belief in women's sports at that time. Put it that way. And Tennessee was the the state was Tennessee had was ahead of the curve in high school basketball. They changed the high school basketball rules before anybody else. Tennessee has high school basketball, women's basketball embedded from the 1930s. No other state has that. And it was just a culture that was developed because Tennessee was ahead of the curve with women's sports. That's why they got so good. That advantage is gone. Every state has embraced women's sports at this point. But the people that became Tennessee fans are those women from the 1970s that fought so hard for these rights that they earn and they deserve. But they believe, many of them believe you do things a certain way that you just can't do at this day and age. And until they accept that they can't do it that day and age. I mean, Fulmer, Fulmer caved to pressure. I'll tell you this. Fulmer did not want to hire Kelly Harper, Dave. The reason he hired Kelly Harper is because the alumni came to him and basically was like, you have to hire a former Lady Vol. You can't hire outside the Lady Vol culture to coach the Lady Vols. Would certainly be ridiculous. That's four downs again brought to you by Don Self. You can uh, easily go to donself.net. Uh, he is your greater Chattanooga friendly neighborhood state farm agent, uh, and he will take care of you. Customer service still matters. Uh, I want to get to this college football playoff and our five favorite minutes where you drive the show. You tell us what you want to talk about. We'll answer your questions and probably get off on a tangent. Uh, brought to you in part by Chattanooga Mortgage. Congratulations, your home search just got easier. Buying a home in Chattanooga has never been easier with Chattanooga Mortgage. That's chat with two T's, mortgage.com. If you're in the Chattanooga area, chat with two T's, mortgage.com. Our five favorite minutes, that means you coming up. And also, we will get to this uh, college football playoff. Should we go ahead and just chuck it and go 12 this year? I say, heck yeah. Caleb's probably going to rain on my parade two minutes off the hooks course. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. These mountains hold and defend the spirit 
Far better than moonshine. A drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity. A hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend. A refreshment that can only be found in one place. With a taste that makes you say, give me three bottles of the good stuff. Tennessee Cider Company, where necessity can be found. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. You guys are getting rowdy on the message board. So be sure and stay tuned for our five favorite minutes, which is all about you, because we appreciate you. What you want to talk about ends the program each and every day as we broadcast live on YouTube. Also available wherever you would like to uh, pull us down, be it Spotify, be it the Apple podcast, all that good stuff. So, But we're live each and every weekday at uh, 10 a.m. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Also, I want to remind you that you can relive the greatest season in Tennessee football history with a behind-the-scenes stories about the 1998 National Championship team. Click below for Celebrate 98, the untold stories behind the Tennessee Balls 1998 National Championship. Available in soft and hard copy and available in packages. If you want to give away some for Christmas, we can definitely take care of you there. We greatly appreciate it. It was uh, definitely a passion project, and I just want as many people to be able to read the book as possible. So you can click right down there. Uh, Please order, and I think you'll be surprised. Some of our Black Friday discounting that we went ahead and continued on, and I think it'll be something neat that you'll be able to get your uh, family and friends that are Tennessee fans. And I'll tell you this, it's not a rehashing of this season. It's more stories since and stories during that you haven't heard before. Oh, right. So we've got coming up our five favorite minutes. But first, what a 12-team playoff would look like this year. Is it better or stupid? That's what Caleb Calhoun asked. So basically, you would have the top four teams getting a bye. And lay this out for me because we were at our 3.45 a.m. production meeting and we we went through this and Caleb may be smarter than me Um, because I got a little bit lost. So let me ask you, would you like to see a 12-team playoff right now? Let me hear from you on the message board. And then Caleb's going to run through this. But if you don't follow him on Twitter, uh, it's at uh, Caleb Calhoun. You you probably don't know that he hates the idea of a 12-team playoff. He, He was crying alone on Saturday during the SEC championship game. And he kept saying, no more Vern. No more Vern. Because he loves Vern Lundquist, CBS, and the SEC Championship. Which, I hate to tell you, Caleb, is still going to be relevant, even though you don't think it is. But before we get to your breakdown of a potential 12-team 12, <laughs> 12 playoff, I'll remind you that Hemp House is the premier hemp dispensary online and with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Use the promo code HOOKED and get 10% off. Hooked, get 10% off, and they also have the Big Orange Crunch, which is pretty darn awesome. 
All right. So the college football playoff, if it started a week from Saturday, I would be so excited. It would be so phenomenal. But Caleb's going to rain on my parade. Uh, Let's get your thoughts on the college football playoff. The 12 team, are you for it? Are you against it? Caleb, uh, let's hear where you stand. I have a feeling. Here's my thoughts on what the 12-team playoff would look like if it went into effect this year. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) I did that. Okay, this is absolutely stupid. Let me break down for you guys. It's the top six conference champions and then the top six at large. They seed, they favor when they're seeding, they lean, they weight conference championships. So... Let's just break down this utter stupidity. And by the way, I'm do- I'm doing it. What the alignment of the conferences will be next year? Okay. So what? I, what I wouldn't. Be? People back me on the message board and talk about how awesome this 12 team playoff is going to be. Okay, I'm just asking. Oh, op- this I'm is openly. Dumb. This is so I'm, stupid. I'm openly asking people to support me, which I usually don't do because I'm always right. Okay, but if we're going to have the argument, you got to let me lay out what it would look like real quick okay. and, and why it would look so stupid. So, auto bids. Michigan or Washington would receive an auto bid because only one of them is going to win the Big Ten next year because they're both going to be in the Big Ten, which is stupid on its own. Okay. Um, the other auto bid, Alabama or Texas, because those two teams will be in the SEC. I guess you would theoretically say Texas since they beat Alabama this year. So, let's just go with Texas gets the auto bid from the SEC. Okay? You fair, is that fair, Dave? Okay. I'll roll with that. So Alabama, uh, so Michigan or Washington, Texas, Florida State, and Arizona, because they'll be in the Big 12. They would be Big 12 champs this year. Those would be the four teams to get the first round by in the college football playoff. Arizona getting a first round by is stupid. They're not better than Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, whatever. Okay, so now let's go to the other two auto bids. You ready for these auto bids, Dave? Oh, my God. I'm so excited to see these teams. Liberty. Liberty University. I'd rather, I think I'd rather watch what Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife were doing in the bedroom for fun back in the day with uh, the full boy than I would rather watch Liberty in the playoff. Okay. I think Jerry Falwell Jr. puts on a better spectacle with, with all that, with all those shenanigans. And then SMU. Liberty and SMU are going to get so blown out by whoever they play because those teams will play in the first round. Let me give you the other first round teams. It would be Michigan or Washington. Let's just say Michigan, because Michigan would be the Big Ten champ over Washington, right? They'd beat Washington, wouldn't they? I would think. Okay, so let's just say Washington is the uh, is, is an at-large. Washington's an at-large. Alabama's an at-large. Georgia's an at-large. Ohio State's an at-large. Oregon's an at-large. And Missouri's an at-large. You're going to get to watch Liberty play Georgia in the first round of the tournament. Wow. I can't wait to see that game. I can't wait to see what Liberty's going to do to Georgia. They might. They might come within... 75 points to Georgia. What do you think, Dave? I think I want to have this discussion on January the 2nd if Liberty hangs with the Ducks. Um, that doesn't I, count. It's not a playoff game. Morgan doesn't care to be there. No, I understand. But talent-wise, you'll be able to look on the field and see if it's close or it's way, way separated. Um, I don't have a problem with a Liberty getting a chance in a 12-team playoff. I had a problem with Cincinnati getting a shot in a four-team playoff because I thought there were four teams significantly better than them. A 12-team playoff gives – 
Well, I mean, they got blown out, but a 12 team playoff gives you a little bit more wiggle room. And, you know, TCU, I thought, did enough last year where you think there could be an upset or two along the way. Uh, it, would Liberty beat um, the number, would uh, be the number five seed? Probably not, but let's see how close oh, it yeah. is. Let's see how close it is. I would be excited to see that. No, this is so ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. And by the way, you guys like this. Dave, you're the one who said it yesterday. This is a television show. Okay. I'm sorry. The bowl games were the college football playoff, by the way, has been a failure the last 10 years. The BCS was better than the college football playoff. There's not even a question about that. Because when you had four teams in the college football playoff, you know how bad the games have been for the for the most part the last 10 years. They were mostly more like TCU Georgia than they were like Georgia, Ohio State. Right, but you're not seeing the big picture of this. The big picture is everything is trending towards more parody. It is. It's not going to be that significant. You're adding NIL and you're adding transfer portal and you're not saying that parody is not going to be significant. I think it's going to be pretty darn significant. I think there's more parody coming. I don't think there's enough parody coming to the level where Liberty can ever come within 50 points of Georgia. Well, I mean, probably not, but that's why the first four teams get a bye. Yeah, but Georgia wouldn't get a bye this year. That's the See, thing. Here's, <clears throat> here's what you don't remember, Caleb, because I'm older than you. I remember split national champions. Those are sure, Those aren't fun at all. Those are stupid. Those are fun. Mis- mythical what? national champions was what they called them. What? Uh, no, I'm talking to AP coaches poll. I know. they that, that was that Before 1998, it was called the era of mythical national champions for college football. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that term. But that was awful. This is way there better. A, there was a simple fix. You know what the fix was, Dave? You didn't need the BCS. You didn't need the playoff. You know what the fix was? And by the way, it'd be epic if they had this this year. Here was my fix. Play all the bowl games. All the bowl tie-ins. By the way, old school bowl tie-ins. SEC goes to the Sugar Bowl. I guess now just Big Ten goes to the Rose Bowl. You don't need to know what the Pac-2 gets an automatic Rose Bowl invite. But, okay, go back to the old tie-ins of SEC Sugar Bowl, Big Ten Rose Bowl. You know, you know what I'm talking about. ACC Orange Bowl, all those. Play the bowl games. Then just do a plus one. Rank the top two teams after the bowl games and have them play for the national title. You never would have had a split national champion then. You would have had mis- – that would, that would be epic this year because you'd have Michigan and Washington playing in the Rose Bowl. You'd have Florida State playing Georgia in the Orange Bowl. You'd have Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And you'd have Texas in the Fiesta Bowl. And we'd be watching all of those games because they would all have playoff implica- or a top two for a national title implications. You know how epic that would be? You would make more games relevant. Yeah, I think what they should do in the NFL, too, by the way, is they should just start a coaches poll and a football writers association of America poll and not even have the playoffs. I think that would be a great idea. I don't think they should have a playoff in the NFL. Oh, my gosh. No, you've gotten you've gotten soccer on the brain, haven't you? Premier League soccer does well because they do this. Okay, here's what I, by the way, the playoff ruined baseball. Baseball has died in ratings ever since they added the wild card in 1994. It's the stupidest decision they ever made. Okay? Baseball's on the way back. That they, they let their game get slow and they let managers take advantage with the shifts and the other things. And not to mention that everybody tries to hit home runs. Baseball has problems, but it ain't no, the playoffs. They, first of all, baseball gives first round buys are stupid. The team with the best record now gets a first round buy in the playoffs in baseball. That's so dumb because you don't want to buy when you're in rhythm. It hurts you to have a first-round buy. It's the dumbest thing ever. NFL, here's what I do, and I'm dead serious about this, Dave. I would do this in a heartbeat. There's 32 teams. You know what I do? I would say 
I would expand it to 40 teams. Okay. I'd expand the NFL to 40 teams. They're like, that is you play, <laughs> you play in the AFC and the NFC. You put, you just play all 19 teams in your conference round Robin, the team with the best record goes to the Super Bowl in each conference. Boom. Period. End of story. Team with the best record goes to the Super Bowl in each conference and they play in the Super Bowl. I don't like expanded playoffs. Makes make the regular season more fun. Make the regular season great again. I want a hat. Make the regular season great again. That's what okay? we need. That's what we need. Take yes. take a strong political uh stand on that. That's exactly Our what theme we need. is make a, the regular season great again. If you guys want to know why America's going downhill, it's because we're devaluing regular seasons in sports, guys. Okay, that is the worst thing happening to America right now. Is that we've devalued the regular season in every sport. I first of all, Dave, we're gonna be analyzing, we're gonna be analyzing Tennessee basketball throughout the regular season this year. And we're gonna be like, oh, okay, they won a game. What are they gonna do in March? Oh, okay, well, they won a game. What are they gonna do in March? We're we sacrificed all of that for three weeks of fun in March. Hey, listen, I, I'm anti listen, I'm anti-authority for the most part. I tend to buck what the uh what the consensus says, but I love the 12 team playoff and how they put together the buys and the home games. I just love it. Jeff says, I agree with a lot of what Caleb says, but he is wrong about this home games. Oh my gosh. I forgot it's home game. So Liberty is going to travel to Georgia. They're going to play in Athens and you're telling me that's going to be entertaining. Well, no, that Liberty would have to. Oh yeah. Georgia. Yeah. They would play at Georgia. Okay. I think it's, I, I'm excited. That is, that is absolutely ridiculous. Liberty playing at Georgia again. I want the video of what of, of what Liberty's former president Jerry Falwell Jr. was doing in the bedroom. Send me that video. That I'll just watch that and just that'll be more entertaining than this. Thank you, Dylan. Dylan says I'm all in with Dave. I think the consensus is that Caleb's. I'm crazy. not saying I watch porn, but you know. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> it's important to get that out of the way. All right. Uh, <laughs> it it is time for our five favorite minutes. We go your direction. What do you want to talk about? And uh, there you go. Throw it out there. We can continue with the uh, college football playoff talk, uh, but we can uh, go in a different direction if you would like. So our five favorite minutes is brought to you by our uh, good friend, T. Scott Jones. And I'll tell you what, uh, we are represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney, play to win, banksjones.com. Why Banks and Jones? Other lawyers say they'll go to trial. They won't. They'll settle and settle for less. Banks and Jones is ready to go to trial for you. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney. Why settle? Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones, banksandjones.com. Criminal defense, liability, and more. All right. So let me ask you this. What do you want to talk about in our five favorite minutes? I'm going to talk, uh, I'm going to kind of start this off, but we can go with the direction that you want to go, uh, is uh, Tennessee's basketball team. We haven't got into uh, Tennessee's basketball team uh, very much lately because they've had a bit of a lull in their schedule, uh, but your thoughts on on Tennessee basketball and this upcoming season, uh, to me, Dalton connects, tonight, by the way. yeah, George Mason's night, uh, to me, connects the key, right? I mean, if there's a guy who can manufacture points, um, not tonight, but uh, can ma manufacture points, and sometimes Rick Barnes needs his team to manufacture points. I'm talking That's about the, I, and I'm talking about in February or March. I'm not talking. About I think now. they could in February or March when Zakai Ziegler and Santi Scobie get fully healthy. I don't know if they'll be able to right now, and so I think that's going to be the problem. I'm still not sold on Jonas Adu as the long-term answer underneath the basket. And they I seem know, to be though. 
They seem to be, though. They do seem – well, I don't know if they have any options. Well, I think – It's kind of like, like, like a Joe Milton scenario. It is. It is a Joe Milton situation because Kate Phillips and J.P. Estrella aren't ready. And Toby Awak is banged up. I think Joe Milton's are – Jonas Adu. By the way, Joe Milton would probably be good under the basket. He's only 6'3", but he probably can jump out of the gym. I bet he's really athletic. Um, oh, but, Lord, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, I think that – Jonas Adu, they're they're trying to go in on him. I just don't know if he's tough enough. And by the way, there's kind of that issue of we talk about toughness in football. Playing under the basket, you got to be tough, right, Dave? That's the one position playing a big down low. You got to be able to handle some bodies. Even in this day and age where basketball is a little more fluid, they still bang you under the basket. So this is our five favorite minutes. We want to go with your topics. Should FSU boycott the bowl game? I don't hate that idea. I mean. Again, this is why I wish the plus one were in place, not the 12-team playoff, because then FSU would have something to play for in the bowl game. I let think me, if you're F- Let me take one second to explain really quick the financials of it, okay? Tennessee, when they played for a national championship, made roughly $50,000. Why? Because they paid for everybody and their brother to go to the national championship game in Tempe, Arizona. I think they literally took four planes. And well, that was a home so, game for them, that game. You were there, right, Dave? That was a home game for Tennessee against Florida State. Uh, I was I was not at that game. But um, but they, I could see they, on TV. That was a home game. Right, yeah. The, the point being is you don't make any money on bowl games is, is the point I'm making. It basically is a reward. The idea is to break even. So you might make a couple of hundred thousand, but you're not making a lot. So financially, there's no reason FSU shouldn't boycott the bowl game. You do have – um the opportunity to get injured somebody next year could get injured and have a slow start to next season. And they got slapped in the face by college football. So if they want to slap college football back in the face, then go for it. I got no problem with that. And I love the idea of the topic, Travis. Good job. Here's the biggest reason they should boycott the bowl game for their own sake. Because when they go to the bowl game and they lose by 75 points to Georgia, Nobody's going to sit there and say FSU should have gone to the playoff. FSU is in – they were in a lucky scenario where they didn't have to go get Drax in the college football playoff. But now they're in an unlucky scenario because they drew Georgia in their bowl game. Now, they tell me – I think Kirby Smart's actually going to have his team excited to play this bowl game. Kirby Smart doesn't seem like the type that takes bowl games off. Do you think – I think he's going to take it seriously. Uh, I will tell you I have absolutely no idea. I think he's more likely than a lot of other coaches. Like, let's let's take Philip Fulmer, for instance. He – he would be in a situation where he would be recruiting like heck, which he used to always like to say, recruiting like heck. like heck. Yeah, and and he would be uh, if it were the old-fashioned signing day that was the first week in February. But I don't know what Kirby Smart's going to do. But if, if he decides to go out and be heavy on recruiting, then that's going to filter down to his players. Uh, but I will give Nick you Saban this. takes meaningless bulls seriously. Nick Saban well, plays him hard. Yeah, I mean, I will definitely give you this. I think Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are two of the coaches more likely than others to take a, a bowl game very seriously that is otherwise meaningless. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's I think that's the case. But getting back to FSU, uh, Rocky Top Tom says, I would. I'd refuse to appear. What if they did that? What would they gain? Because you've got a 12-team playoff coming in next year. They would gain – they would gain the facade that they still belong in the playoff because nobody would be able to see them get tracks by Georgia. That's what they would gain. Okay. This is like when, um, 
2011. Remember when Alabama got the rematch to play LSU and everybody thought Oklahoma State should have gotten in? That's the thing that sparked the college football playoff. I do. How happy do you think Oklahoma State secretly was? They get to avoid getting blown out by LSU, and then they get to celebrate their little fun little bowl game win and pretend that they were robbed the whole time, knowing that if they had actually gone to the national championship game, they would have lost by 30 to LSU. So... that's pretty good I, stuff. Our five favorite minutes brought to you by Banks and Jones. We're represented by Banks and Jones. We love that. You give us some uh, direction on what you want to hear about. Uh, that will end every show. We're live at 10 a.m. All of our sponsors are below. Please support them. That's why we're here. Check out the book. The prices are special, and they're not forever on uh, Celebrate 98, the untold stories behind the Tennessee Balls 1998 National Championship. I would certainly appreciate you picking up a copy so far the reviews have been good, although I don't know that anybody would come up to me and say, I did buy and read your book, and it is absolutely horrible. So, who knows? I mean, man, nobody's going to say, that was that was just god-awful. That was no, terrible. People are reaching out. They would just say nothing. So, if they're reaching out to you, that's good. Well, I ask. Um, uh, Jeff says, what if Nico gets hurt and misses two games early with Tennessee losing one? Are you saying they don't deserve a chance? That's not what happened with Florida. That's not what happened with Florida State. It's not that Jordan Travis got hurt early. Jordan Travis got hurt late, and is not. And and so that doesn't even apply because we're talking whether or not they're picking the best teams at the moment. Now I will say this: here's where the CFP stepped in it, Dave, or the people defending it. Using the Jordan Travis injury as the reason to not put Florida State in is a bad reason, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I wouldn't have put him in even with Jordan Travis. I don't care if they beat Louisville by 50. They're not a top four team to me, even with the undefeated record. The problem is that if you're saying it's about the four best teams right now, then you shouldn't have Washington or Texas in there either. You should have Georgia and Ohio State in there. Well, that's that's definitely a debate for another day. Derek uh, ends the conversation with saying boycotting is weak. Yeah, it would be weak not to show up. But as a guy that enjoys chaos, I wouldn't mind seeing it. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports weekdays at 10 a.m. We'll visit with you right here. Hit that like and subscribe button. We continue to grow and uh, hit a couple of milestones recently that we're very happy with, over 3,500 subscribers. Can we get to 4,000 by the end of the year? I think we can with your help. Tell somebody about the program today. We'd greatly appreciate it. He is Caleb Calhoun. I am Dave Hooker, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.